Miracles have occurred throughout history, but are there supernatural answers for the emotional, financial, physical, and spiritual needs we face today? Miracles still happen, and in the next few moments, Sam Luke will share practical insights into knowing the God of miracles. Join Sam and the Victory Tabernacle Church family as we encounter a God who makes miracles still happen. Hello, Pastor Sam here, and welcome to Miracles Still Happen. I'm so glad you joined me today. I have a message that will bless and encourage you that I want to share with you. I just call it don't quit or don't give up. Have you ever felt like quitting? Everybody has. At some time in your life, you felt like, what's the use? I've got good news for you. You're in good company. It happened in the Bible. It happened to Bible characters. It happened to Jesus' disciples. And yet, the Lord encourages us, don't quit. Don't give up because victory is just around the corner. I don't know what you're going through. And I'm not making light of the trouble you're facing because the Bible tells us that life is short and it's full of trouble. But what I want to share with you today is a message of encouragement. Please don't quit. Don't give up. God is on your side and he can turn everything around. What I want to do today is send to you the message that I'm about to share with you free and postpaid. Now, it's a two-part message, but you can have the entire message. And all you have to do is call me now at 804-744-8881. That's 804-744-8881. One more time, the number to call is 804-744-8881. I want to send you that message. I call it, Don't Quit, Just Don't Give Up. Let's get ready now and go into that service where the power of God is at work and the anointing is so strong. I'm sharing a message that I call, Don't Quit. Romans 8 and 28 tells us that all things work together for good to those who uh, love the Lord, who are called according to His purpose. But actually a better translation of that would be God works all things together for good because things don't just work out. God is behind the scenes. God is above your circumstances and your situations and He's working everything out for His glory and for your good. When you go to the oldest book of the Bible, the book of Job, you have what is called the law is first mentioned. Because it's the oldest book in the Bible, when something happens there, you should pay careful attention. This is the first time we see in Scripture where anyone is under an intense attack by Satan. And Job at first doesn't really know what to do. His friends have accused him of sin. Now, with friends like that, you don't need any enemies. I call those friends frenemies, right? So they accused him of sin and said, why don't you repent? And he knew that even though he had failed God in the past, that this calamity was not a direct result of unconfessed sin before God. He was puzzled. He was troubled. And he said, I don't really know where the attack is coming from. And he had trusted God and it seemed that God had turned his back on him and now he's wondering where's the attack coming from. And finally he's able to realize that he is under attack by the enemy of his soul. You see, Satan needed permission from God to attack Job. And child of God, listen to me. Nothing can come into your life. Listen. 
Nothing can come into your life until it is first cleared by heaven. Why did God give Satan permission to attack Job? Because he knew that whatever the devil stole from Job, that ultimately he would have to give him double for what he took. You say, how do you know that? Because later on in Exodus 22, 17, God stated a divine principle. When the thief is discovered, he must pay double. Whatever the devil has done to you, you are about to get double for your trouble. Amen? But there are times when you're discouraged. There are times when you feel dejected. There are times when you want to quit. And quitting seems to be the only logical thing to do. I mean, after all, if you quit, they're not going to criticize you anymore. If you quit, the pressure to perform is off. So we're all tempted at times to quit. But the word of the Lord to you today is don't quit. Turn to somebody and say, don't quit. Don't give up. Don't give up. Never give up. Winston Churchill was called upon to deliver the commencement address to Oxford University, and it was uh, in his last days. He was aging and sickly, and he tottered to the podium. He hung his cane up on the podium, and he stared out at that young audience and exclaimed, Never! And then he backed up a few steps. The second time, he approaches the podium and shouts, Never! He backs up again. The third time, he says, Never! Give up! And he took his cane and shuffled back to his seat and sat down. They were stunned. How would you like it if I gave... Well, I shouldn't ask that question. That, 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 that's a loaded question. That was the briefest commencement address in the history of Oxford University, but it was the most memorable and unforgettable because his message was never give up. Don't give up when you feel like a failure. He was 14 years old, and he dropped out of school and did odd jobs on a farm and hated it. At 16, he lied about his age, and he went into the military. Hated that, too. And as soon as he got out, he headed for Alabama. He tried everything. He wanted to be a blacksmith, but that didn't work out. He got married, and a few months after they were married, his bride announced, I'm pregnant. He said, I got an announcement too. <laughs> I got fired. And while he was out looking for work, she gave away all their possessions and moved back home with her family. He couldn't win for losing. He worked for the railroad a while. He studied law by correspondence, but eventually he dropped out of all of that. He tried selling insurance, selling tires, running a filling station, but it was no use. He was a failure. He's 65 now, and the government sent him a check to remind him that he was old. And he took that $105 check and invested it in a new business. And wow, did it take off. I mean, man, it took off. And now everything has changed. And that man that failed at everything but one thing, that man that didn't get started until it was time to stop was... Harlan Sanders, Colonel Sanders. And the business he started was Kentucky Fried Chicken. By the way, at the end of his life, he was saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. I don't know how many of you know that. 
But don't give up when you feel like you failed. Jesus passes by the Sea of Galilee and finds three fishermen who are struggling with an overnight problem, Peter, James, and John. And they're washing their nets. Now, why would you wash nets that had not been used? Frustration. Frustration. Wash your nets. Wash your nets. Uh, stand, stand up, uh, uh, Pastor Shannon. See, don't let your mother comb your hair when she's frustrated. That's, <laughs> Sister Sacra, shame on you. That's what happens. So they're washing nets they'd never used, and they're upset. They're upset. And Jesus said, what's the problem? They said, we fished all night and we didn't catch anything. And Jesus said, I know your problem. Go on out deeper. Folks, listen. Love me when I tell you this. you got to know I'm saying this from my heart. The reason some of you are not successful is because you're too shallow. You've been hanging around in the shallow water just getting your feet wet. You say, oh, I believe in what's going on down there. Oh, thank God somebody's preaching the truth. But you don't plunge in. You need to get in over your head and start swimming. Get out of the shallows. That's where the kiddies play. Amen. Get out in the deep water. You're hanging out with shallow people that thinking shallow thoughts. And so the Lord said, you need to launch out into the deep because that's where the fish are. Amen. And so when they got out there, he said, now listen to what he told them. He said, cast out your nets, plural. What did they do? They had an old net in the bow of the boat that was rotten. And they thought, this man doesn't know what he's talking about. He's not a fisherman. But at your word, <laughs> I'll do what you said. So they took that old rotten net and they threw it out. That's why it broke. And it got so full of fish that the other boats had to come and help them. And later on they said, now we know who you are. You are the Son of God. You're the Messiah. We've been waiting on you. And they followed him. And he said, I'll make you fishers of men. When you feel like you failed, don't quit. Don't give up. Just trust the Lord. Amen. Let's follow the life of that fisherman, Peter. He had followed the Lord and was on fire for God. How many of you are on fire for the Lord? That's good because he deserves a fiery sacrifice. Amen. He deserves somebody that's passionate about serving him. Well, Peter was that guy. I can relate to him more than any other disciple. He was always on fire. He was always out front. You know, when I was a little boy, you won't believe this, but when I was a little boy, I had ADD. Of course, I'm cured now. <clears throat> they didn't know what to call it. They just said, Sammy won't sit down and hush. He talks all the time. He's up visiting with people. That's what I called it. I was ministering to people. I was just visiting at everybody's desk, you know, and and every card my mother showed me when I, after I graduated from college, she said, let me show you your report card. She said, we never thought you would make it to college. Every report card, he's a nice boy, but he won't sit down and he won't stop talking. He talks all the time. That's why God called me to preach. He said, if you're going to talk, I want to give you something positive to say. I can't get you to sit down. And Peter was that way. Who do men say that I am? And the disciples said, well, some people say you're John the Baptist, raised from the dead, or some other prophet. He said, who do you say that I am? Now, how many of you can relate to this? How many of you remember in class when the teacher would ask you a question, you didn't just raise your hand. You were that obnoxious kid that did this. 
Did you ever, anybody ever do that? I want to see where you are. Where are my ADDs? Come on. There you go. There you go. There you, I knew it. I knew it. You can always tell one. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. I know. I know. And Peter said, oh, oh, I know, I know. Call on me. I know, I know. He said, okay, Peter, who, who am I? He said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And he said, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto thee, but my Father, which is in heaven. And then he said, I'm going to Jerusalem, and I'm going to be crucified, and I'm going to die. And, and Peter said, oh, 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 no, 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 no. And Peter said, what, uh, what are you talking about, Jesus? You can't die. I'll get me a sword, and I'll fight for you. And Peter said, get behind, uh, or the Lord said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. So he went from getting a blessing to being scolded and rebuked. Get thee behind me, Satan. That's his personality, though, see? And by the way, he did get a sword. How many of you know that? Those other half sissies fled, but, <laughs> but Peter said, oh, uh -uh, come on, let's get it on. I'm ready to dance. I went down and got me a sword. I'm a fisherman. I don't know anything about, <laughs> come on, let's go. And he cut somebody's ear off. Somebody said, wow, he was brave. He's trying to cut the man's head off. How terrible a swordsman can you be? <laughs> and Jesus reached down and picked up the ear <laughs> and stuck it back on the man's head and it stayed there. Amen. And, and so he said, and then he didn't know what to do, see. After that, he didn't know what to do. See, sometimes that's the problem. We've got a plan, but God's got another plan. And now he doesn't know what to do. So this, this Peter that followed the Lord closely and had such a passion for the Lord is now following from a distance. The Bible said he followed him afar off. Can I tell you something? That's the first step to backsliding. Somebody said, man, I used to love the Lord so much. Boy, I was the first one there and the last one at church. And now I get where I come in late and I leave early. And now they talk about somebody wanting to do something, but I don't volunteer anymore because I've had my day. And there was a time when I was really on fire, but I'm settled now. You're not settled. You're stuck. There is a difference between being established and settled and rigor mortis. The reason you're not doing anything is that you lost out. You used to be so on fire. You had such a heart for God. You just wanted to do things. And now why? the reason you're not doing anything is because you've lost the victory. And so he's following afar off and he sees the Lord and he's warming himself by a coal of fires, uh, a fire. And this, this, uh, this little uh, girl says, you know what? You look familiar. I think I've seen you before. Now he's in panic because he knows that he can't fight his way out of this. And so he says, no, you don't know what you're talking about. Oh, yeah, she said, you are one of his disciples. And then he says, well, I'll prove to you I'm not, so he curses. How many of you know if you're, if you're a child of God, you ought not be cursing? Hello? Clean up your act. Amen. You don't need to be cursing those old words coming out of your mouth. That's who you used to be. That's not who you are. Amen. Come on, preach it, Pastor Sam. So he said, look here, I'll show you I'm not one of his. And he just let out a long curse word. And, and she said, no, no, <laughs> now I know you are because your speech betrays you. Now, what did she mean by that? She didn't mean to you talking good things like Jesus. She said, you got the same accent from, as he does. You're the same part of the country. So you must be with, and by the way, I believe she said, you, guess, who I, guess where I was when Jesus fell, uh, fed the hundred multitude? I was in your group. I remember you, big boy, because you took that little pinch of fish and a breadcrumb from Jesus and it multiplied in your hand and you fed me and I was on the front row and you don't even know it. Now he doesn't know what to do because the Lord had told him that before the rooster crows, he'll deny him three times. Three times he said, I don't know him. And then the rooster crows and he looks in the eyes of Jesus and his heart's broken. Now 
boy, you talk about feeling like a failure. Hello? Here this, this man that was so on fire for the Lord and, and he loved the Lord so much he was always out there on the front lines and now he's disqualified himself for the ministry. What is he going to do? I can't even call myself a disciple anymore. So he does the only thing that he knows to do. He goes back and does what he used to do. Listen, if you're back where you used to be, guess what? You're backslidden. If you're doing what you used to do instead of what you're called to do. So he goes back to fishing. And listen, if the Lord has ever called you to do anything, you will be miserable until you do it. So the Lord is crucified and he is raised from the dead and the women come to see him and to, to uh, 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 anoint his body and instead of anointing a dead body, they find a risen Christ and the angel of the Lord told these women, you go back, now watch this, tell his disciples, and I love this, sometimes you just read between the lines. He said, tell his disciples and Peter. Then he goeth before you in the Galilee, there shall you see him as he said unto you. What does he mean? He said, Peter doesn't think he's a disciple anymore, so I have to mention him by name. Go back where you met him. Listen, if you feel like a failure, I would suggest to you that you go back to that place where you first met the Lord and renew your commitment. I know you can't get on a plane or get in a car and go there. I'm talking about in your heart, in your mind. Go back to that place and recommit your life. Some of you are going to do that this morning. You're going to say, Lord, I want to go back to that place where I first met you. I want to experience what I experienced the first time when I gave you my heart and life and surrendered to you. So he goes back to the place, the same place where Jesus told him to cast your net out on the right side of the boat in the deep water. And guess what? He sees Jesus at the shore, and Jesus is there to restore him. Don't quit. Don't give up because you have failed. It may be that you don't just feel like a failure. Maybe you have failed. Now, how many of you, and I'm glad Donald Trump is not here because he would never admit to this, but how many of you can admit you failed? Raise your hand. All right. Those of you that have not, you should run for president. You'd fit right in. I got news for you. We've all failed. Amen. And we all need to repent. And there are times when we just need to hit the altar and say, Lord, I realize I failed you. But when you failed, don't quit. Don't quit. So when you feel like you failed, don't quit. Can I tell you enough, some, I got two more to go. Number two, when you're going through a storm, don't quit. Paul the apostle was on board a ship bound for Rome and all hope was gone that he would be saved and the storm had tossed the ship and had taken it off course over 300 miles. I want to read just a, a portion of that from Acts 27 verses 20 through 25. You can turn there with me if you'd like. It said, And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, ye should have hearkened unto me, and have not loosed from Crete, and to have gained this harm. <laughs> don't you hate it when somebody's there to tell you, I told you so. He don't say, we don't, we don't need to go, but they went anyway. And he said, Now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but this ship is going to be torn apart. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve. He said, I serve a God and I belong to him and he knows where I am. 
Oh, I'm about to shout over my own preaching this morning. See, they didn't have radar and sonar and, and all that stuff. They didn't know where they were. In fact, nobody was looking for them. You're 300 miles off course, and yet the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are open unto their cry. Don't ever doubt that God knows exactly where you are. Hallelujah. And he said, there stood by me an angel of the Lord. And he said, don't be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God hath given them all that sail with thee. Years ago, my wife and I went out to Montana. And we didn't realize how the Lord would bless us. We ended up staying there three months. But uh, uh, great things happened. I won't go into all that. I did see a little documentary the other day on television about evil Knievel. The woman that raised him, his grandmother and his wife, both were saved and filled with the Holy Spirit in that meeting in Butte, Montana. And uh, Linda, even though she's divorced from... Uh, from Robert, of course, he's dead. He's still dead as far as I know. And the, uh, she, but she still loves the Lord, serving God. Judy Marks, who became the governor of Montana, was filled with the Holy Spirit in that meeting. And they were all very young people back then. But God did some great things. Great miracles of healing took place. Uh, but we, we went out there, and then we came home and went back out, and we flew out. And so we get on this plane in Atlanta, and we're starting down the runway, and boom, engine blows up. Look out the window, flames shooting out of there, and that thing slides sideways, and, and here comes the fire trucks, and they, uh, the chutes open, and people are getting out, and, I mean, it was pandemonium. Well, we got to the, the terminal, and this lady's the first time in her life to ever fly, and she's just all to pieces. <laughs> She said, I'm going to rent me a car and drive to Montana. I said, lady, that's a long, long way. She said, well, what would you suggest, young man? Because I was a young man back then. She said, what would you suggest? I said, get on the plane with me. She said, why should I get on the same plane you are? Because I know God told me some things he's going to do through our ministry when we get to Montana, so i got to go there. So if i got to go there, it means I'm going to get there, and if you'll get on the plane with me, you'll be okay. So we booked the next flight. And the whole flight, she'd look over at me and do this, and I'd do that. <laughs> Boy, wouldn't it freaked her out if I goes, you know what? God just told me he wasn't going to do anything with me in Montana. And I, I'm sorry I got you on this plane. But anyway, we made it safely. Now, Paul said, God told me I've got to appear before the Caesar and witness to him. So I got to get there. And guess what? Because he's going to keep me, he's going to keep you too. Glory to God. And so God saved all of them. When you feel like the storm is raging, just know that God said the, cover, the storm will, the, the, uh, he'll be covered from the storm and God uh, will protect you. And where he guides, he always provides. Amen? Let's pray together now, shall we? Believe with me. In fact, allow me to lead you in a prayer. Come on, let's pray this prayer together like this. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name and I know you love me. I know you care and you understand when nobody else does. Please help me now. Please pour your strength into me. I will make it because of your grace and your love and your mercy. Thank you, Father, for hearing my prayer. And because of Calvary, I won't quit in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, I believe God's heard your prayer. I want to hear from you. Please call me now at 804-744-8881. That's 
744-8881. And I want to send you this entire message. This is part one. Next week you'll hear part two. But I want to send you the entire message on Don't Quit. If you'll just call me now, one more time, call 804-744-8881. And by the way, when you call that number, there's a friend standing by who wants to pray with you again. Somebody that will answer some questions. If you have any questions about uh, about what I've shared with you today, and uh, they are waiting to hear from you. So please call us right now. I'm so glad that you're watching and listening today. I'm so glad you're a part of the program. And I want to encourage you that if Christ is the Lord of your life, don't stop until you find the right church. Now, by the right church, I mean a Bible-believing church, a Spirit-filled church, a Christ-centered church. And I want to invite you to join me every Sunday right here at Victory Tabernacle for two full hours of praise and worship, ministry from the Word of God, and always a time together in His presence around the altar. It starts at 10 o'clock every Sunday morning right here at Victory Tabernacle. For more information, you can go to our website at victorytab.org. And by the way, listen, if you're not able to be here, and I really want this to be personal, I really want to meet you. I really want you to come and worship with us. And and that's important to me. But if you can't be here, you can always join us uh, by going to that website, victorytab.org. And at 11 o'clock Eastern time, click on Ustream. And you're automatically a part of, uh, uh, of our worship on Sunday morning. So remember that. Also remember that the last Sunday in every month, it's our Miracle Sunday, which means we have an additional service at 6 o'clock in the chapel. And God is confirming His Word with mighty signs and wonders and miracles. On Wednesday evening, you can find us here in our Family Enrichment Night service beginning at 7 o'clock where we have something special for every age group and every member of the family. Royal Rangers for the boys, Missionettes for the girls, a dynamic youth program for the teens called Battle Cry and a ministry to college and career age young people that we call The Vine. I'm teaching in the main sanctuary. Our Hispanic congregation will meet in the chapel. It's fun. It's exciting. It's relevant. It lasts an hour and a half, and I want you to be a part of it if you can. So remember, that's Wednesday night beginning at 7 o'clock. One more thing. We love you so much and care about you that we want to stay in touch with you. I'm just glad that you're, you're out there and people watch the telecast, they watch you stream, they listen to the broadcast, and it's important to know that you're there. Would you today take just a moment and call us, 804-744-8881. Let us know that you're out there. And again, I want to send you this entire message on Don't Give Up if you just simply call me. So do it today. God bless you. Until we're together again, just like this around the Word of God, this is Pastor Sam reminding you that here at Victory Tabernacle, faith brings the victory and miracles still happen.